Well, good evening everyone. Welcome back. Seems like a long time ago that I last did one of these, but I was away last week on holiday and Barry was live with uh, Larry Pearson. Um, Today it's just me um, as Barry is doing a school and ministry in Toronto and he's having a good time there. But next week we'll both be back. We should both be back uh, live uh, together. But I hope you guys have enjoyed the summer. Uh, I think it was the end of June or beginning of July I last did one of these. So that seems a long time ago. Um, But I hope you've had a good summer and feel refreshed and ready for the autumn season. Um, So glad you guys can join us from all over the world once again. Um, Just got a couple of um, notices, announcements. Um, and then I'll get straight into the teaching for, for this week. Um, first of all, on the 29th of October, which is a Saturday, uh, I'm down in Tadley uh, with with the group of people there, Father Heart Connect. And you're all, well, anyone's welcome to join us, but I guess it's more suited to people in the UK. Um, just a day of fun, fellowship, um, being together. Um, if you go to my website or Father Heart UK's website, there's a little bit more information about it, including the venue and the times and an email address for Dina, um, just so you can let her know um, that you're going so she knows how many people to cater for. Um, but it's a free day, uh, but there will be an offering taken. Um, but just let Dina know if you'd love to come because she can then cater. So that's the 29th of October in Tadley. Uh, at the Ambrose Allen Centre, a place that's familiar to many of us, but do come and join us. You're all very, very welcome. Um, I'd just like to play a little video now just to advertise our Father Heart Encounter, which is taking place next March um, at Cloverley Hall. And again, you're all very welcome to join us. It's a week-long residential, uh, just a great opportunity to be together, a great opportunity to really go deeper in this revelation of the Father's love, really to have an encounter with love, to know, to experience the Father's love, to know that you're loved, to know that he is being a father to you. So here's a little promo video for you. So come and join us. Uh, If you've been on one of these encounters before, come again or invite your friends, invite your family, tell your churches. Um, We'd love to see you. These these weeks are just incredible because they give us the opportunity to be outside of and away from, you know, our normal day to day living. And we can just give that week to the father and we can give our hearts to him and say, Father, here I am. You know, do whatever you want to do in my heart. We've seen so many lives changed by the power of the Father's love. And, you know, it's an ongoing process. It's not a one-off event. It's something that we keep going deeper into. And so don't think just because you've done one of these encounters or schools before, you're barred from coming. You know, come back, come again, invite your friends, come and just give this time to let Father do something in your heart. Cloverly Hall is a very special place. It's um, it's very relaxed. The food is good. The rooms are good. The staff are excellent. They they pray for us while our week is going on. They're, they're in their meetings. They're praying uh, for us to have an encounter with the Father. Um, and they really do everything they can to make it a, a great week for us. The Information, the booking form is on the website, fatherheart.uk forward slash encounter, and we'd love to see you. So please share that. There's a, there's details on Facebook. You can share it around and just let as many people as know as possible. That'd be great. Um, I'd just like to mention, um, my latest book. It's been out a while now. Um, it changes everything. It's really kind of like, 
in two parts uh, this book the first part is what this revelation of the father's love is all about what this revelation of the father is all about and the second part is how it changes us you know how our lives are transformed when we encounter love so i think it's a good book and i'd really recommend it to you it's available on amazon in paperback format um, or in uh, kindle format um, so have a look at that um, and feel free to buy it Norman's just put a note um, comment on about the transformation of the heart week which is taking place again at Cloverly Hall this time 2nd to 6th of October so in a few weeks time these are really good weeks it's being led by uh, Ingrid Wiltz and Wynette Hobrista I think I pronounced that wrongly probably from the Netherlands and Uganda and again, all of the information on the Father Heart Central um, UK website. Norman's misspelt it, so don't copy and paste his comment. Otherwise, you'll get an error 402 page or something. It's Father Heart Central. Um, maybe you could put that in again for us, Norman. Um, but those are great weeks. I really recommend it to you. Um, have a look at the website and there's a booking form and all the details there. So um, that's just that. Um, I'm, what I'm doing this week is I'm starting a three-week series um, looking at the Father's comfort. Um, this is something I really am passionate about, as many of you will know. And um, particularly at this time, I, I really believe we all need to be comforted. And this is something I talk about a lot in conferences um, or in schools. Um, and I really wanted to just spend three weeks doing this, this series, looking at the Father's comfort. I've, I've done a, um, holding this hand, I've done a booklet, I've written a booklet on the Father's comfort again, which is available on Amazon, either Kindle format or paper format. Um, and it's really this booklet that I'm going to be working through over the next three weeks. And so, um, you know, you might want to have a look at that. But I, I, I really feel this is something important for us. And I wanted to take three weeks to look at it in detail. But I want to encourage you to, even as I'm talking, is to just open your heart and allow the Father to comfort you. This week, we're going to be looking at blessed are those who mourn. Next week, we'll be looking at the Father of all comfort. And the week after that, we'll be looking at how a comforted heart can come home. And each week, um, the, the video and the audio will be on my website, probably by mid-Thursday morning. But I'm also going to be putting this uh, series on YouTube as well, because I really believe it's very, very important and something that the Father wants to say to all of us um, in this season. So join join me for these um, three weeks, and you know, just let the Father come for you, even as I'm speaking. There'll be a time at the end when when we just have some music on and just an opportunity to receive a bit more. Over the next couple of weeks, when I got Barry back, we'll be we'll be praying and just ministering the Father's comfort. Um, at the end of the the session so um, yeah come back and join us um, tell your friends about it um, point them to the website point them to YouTube it will take a little bit longer for me to get it on YouTube but it will be there because um, I really believe this is something that's very very um, important so um, part one the father's comfort blessed are those who mourn. Comfort is actually mentioned over 100 times in the Bible. You know, it's not a topic, because a topic kind of implies that's something we have to understand or we have to grasp it with our mind. You know, comfort is, is not a topic. Comfort is an experience it's a powerful emotion that brings healing to the deepest wounds 
in our heart. Um, you know, because it's mentioned over a hundred times in the Bible, I think this is really important. But yet this is something we just don't talk about. It's something we don't allow ourselves to receive. You know, as, as I travel around, I, I ask people how many times they've heard someone speak on comfort. And you know, normally people say never or very, very rarely. I was in Uganda over the, the summer with Trevor and I asked that question, has, how many of you have heard anyone ever speak on comfort? And one lady put up her hand and said, me. And she said, I heard you speak on a webcast about it. But you know, it's very sad that people haven't heard about comfort. People haven't allowed themselves to receive comfort. It's something we, we don't talk about, but it's something that is incredibly big on God's heart. It's something that is really, really important for us. And please don't think of this as, a, as an intellectual topic or an intellectual exercise. This is, this is something that touches the depths of our heart. And that's why I say, you know, even as I'm talking, even as I'm going through this material, I know that the Father can come to you wherever you're at, right in this moment, and he can comfort your heart with his comforting love. And so I just want to encourage you to open your heart, whether you're sitting in your living room or sitting wherever, whatever you're doing at the moment, just open your heart and say, Father, here I am, here's my heart. Will you comfort me? Because that's what he wants to do for all of us. You know, before we get into some of the biblical references to comfort, let's look at what the dictionary says. Because I think this is a really helpful definition. The dictionary says, Comfort brings relief from pain, distress or affliction. Comfort satisfies and strengthens within. Comfort provides a sense of well-being and of quiet enjoyment. And I believe all of those things are what our heart really longs for. You know, our heart longs for that relief from the pain that we carry around. It, it longs for relief from that distress and, and affliction that we've, we've suffered. You know, we long to be satisfied and strengthened within. You know, our heart craves that sense of quiet enjoyment, that sense of well-being. You know, and that's what comfort does. That's what the Father's comforting love does. It brings us to a place where we can truly say, it is well with my soul. You know, where there's that sense of it's okay. Because all of the pain, all of the distress has been dealt with. See, comfort calms us, it restores us. And as we'll see in a couple of weeks' time, comfort brings us to a place of contentment. See, I, I really believe that not many people are truly content. You know, we, we, we try to fill a hole with all sorts of things. We try to, we think that possessions or busyness or work or activity will will make us content. And those things might be okay in themselves, but they don't truly satisfy, they don't truly deal with the pain and discomfort that so often we carry around. It's only the Father's love that brings us to that place of contentment, that place of, of peace. Yeah, perhaps another word we could use is comfortable. You know, we all like to be comfortable you know whether it's in our home or with our friends or in church you know we we want to feel safe we want to feel secure we want to know that we belong you see that's that's what comfortable is it's it's that sense of belonging a sense of well-being where we can really begin to relax and let the internal walls of our heart come down you know, this is something we all need and it's something our hearts are crying out for. And it's, it really is a sad reflection 
of the orphan-hearted ways that we've lived in, that we haven't talked about it, that we haven't allowed ourselves to receive it, that we haven't allowed other people to receive it. You see, sadly, I think the church, rather than being a comforting people, has been so focused on busyness and activity that what we've done is we've put to one side the affairs of the heart. And I want to bring the affairs of the heart central in these three sessions so that we really can become a comforted people. See, this is something we continually need to receive so that eventually we can live out of an overflow of comfort. Not playing catch-up all the time or being comforted for things that happened in the past, but receiving comfort so that we've got the comfort we need before the difficult circumstances arise, or we've got the comfort we need in order to minister and give that comfort to other people. So we're going to look at how we can receive comfort. We're going to look at how we can live in comfort. And we're going to look at how we can minister comfort to other people. But before we, before we start to look at what comfort is, I want to look at a passage in Ecclesiastes, which is a very tragic, very sad passage, but it, it describes our hearts when we do not allow ourselves to be comforted. When we're, un- when we're uncomfortable, in it, if, if you like, when we're comfortless. See, Solomon writes these words as he looks back over his long life. You know, he's had many ups and downs. And his conclusion, in, in summary, is that a life without God is meaningless. And conversely, a fruitful life comes out of a life-giving relationship with our Creator. And at the end of his life, he he writes these words because he's seen what it's like for people to live without comfort. And he says this again, I observed all the oppression that takes place under the sun. I saw the tears of the oppressed and there was no one to comfort them. The oppressors have great power and there was no one to comfort them. So I concluded that the dead are better off than the living. But most fortunate of all are those who are not yet born, for they've not seen all the evil that is done under the sun. See, Solomon sees people who've not been comforted. And what's more, there's no one who is able to comfort them. He sees people who are oppressed. He sees people who are carrying a great burden. He, he describes this as, as being overwhelming and too difficult to bear. And that's the tragedy of our hearts when we don't allow ourselves to receive comfort. Is we end up carrying something that is overwhelming. We end up carrying something that is, is really too painful for us to bear. And Solomon's conclusion is, 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 is tragic, it's, it's, it's stark. He says we're better off dead than living without comfort. You know, that's such a bold, powerful statement that we should really take, take to heart because it shows us the importance of receiving and living in comfort. See, Solomon, he knows how important comfort is and, and his, his conclusion doesn't stop there. He says, you know, those who have died have experienced a comfortless life. They never knew what it was to be satisfied inside. But he says, actually, it's better off not to be born at all than to live without comfort. That's such a tragedy because it means we end up living in a state of brokenness and despair and our hearts are yearning, they're longing for something that we can't get hold of. They're longing for something but yet we're never satisfied. And instead of living in love, we end up living in despair and that leads us 
to hopelessness. When we are not comforted, we carry all the trauma with us that has accumulated in our heart. And sometimes we're not even aware that we're carrying it. We're just aware of a heaviness inside of us. And that is just the accumulation of trauma over many, many years. You know, we, we don't like to be without comfort. And so we seek other things to fill the void. You know, maybe they relieve the pain for a season. You know, relationships, um, work, busyness, um, shopping, food. You know, all of these things, they're not bad in themselves. But when we, when we take hold of them as to be the source of our comfort, they're really just like a medicine. You know, they work for a few hours or a few days or a few weeks. And then the effect wears off and we come back for more. You know, but the only thing that satisfies us permanently is the unconditional comforting love of our Father. Jesus was very concerned that we shouldn't live without comfort. In John 14, he promises another comforter who will be with us forever. And this comforter is the Holy Spirit who lives in our heart and constantly reminds us that we're not orphans, but we're sons and daughters of the Father. This comforter is the one who pours the Father's love into our heart and gives us the spirit of sonship that enables us to cry, Abba, Father. You know, I want to look a little bit at trauma because trauma is something we all experience and we all experience it differently. What may be traumatic for one person probably won't be traumatic for other people but we we trauma happens in in daily life you know we someone can say something to us that, that hurts us or wounds us that creates trauma in our life you know we can be sick we can be in pain that's traumatic we carry that trauma in our heart we can be abandoned or rejected and that that's trauma these things affect our hearts deeply. Um, and with all of these things, whether we're in shock or in pain or sick or wounded, or even going through the ultimate trauma of losing someone we love, you know, whenever we're experiencing this trauma, what we need is comfort. And what I've seen, and I think this is really important for us to understand, is, is we, we, when we've experience trauma we we're left feeling emotionally empty and although we're emotionally empty what we're doing though is we're carrying the weight of that trauma around in our hearts and it might have been there for so many years that we kind of forget what it is but we're just aware of a heaviness that we're carrying and that's what the Father wants to set us free from. That's what the Father wants to pour his comforting love in to our hearts so that that trauma is dealt with. You see, trauma is like a heavy weight that settles in our heart. And comfort is, comfort is poured down the inside of our heart. And it goes underneath that heavy weight. And it begins to lift the trauma up. And I've seen, and I really believe that this is true, that we, we need to receive more comfort than the trauma that we've experienced. You know, because if we only receive a little bit of comfort, then that trauma is, is floating on comfort, but it's still there. You know, we feel a little bit better, we've been comforted, but the trauma is still in our heart. But if we allow the container of our heart to be filled with comfort... It will go underneath that trauma and lift it up and eventually it will wash it away. You know, people, people say to me, how much comfort do I need? And I say, I don't know. But what I do know is you need more comfort than the trauma you've experienced. 
You know, every trauma, however big or however small it is, has to be met with a greater level of comfort because that's the only way our heart will find healing and wholeness. The comfort has to be greater than the source of the pain. If not, yes, we've been comforted, but we still are left with pain and we're still left with discomfort. And so my my encouragement to you is, if you, for whatever trauma you know the Father's putting his finger on at this moment, is to say, Father, will you give me more comfort than the trauma I've experienced? Will you give me a greater measure of comfort than the pain I've experienced so that all of the pain, all of the trauma is washed away? You know, it's really hard to quantify something as real as trauma. You know, you can't measure it. There's not a scale. You know, for for somebody, for one person, uh, a traumatic event might be relatively minor, but for another person, that same event could be quite major. And, you know, each person needs a different measure of comfort to deal with the trauma that they've experienced. So this is not something you can put on a scale. This is not something you can measure. This is not something that's quantifiable. This is an experience of love that will transform our hearts and relieve, bring relief to the trauma that we've experienced. Yeah, the only encouragement I can give you is to go on receiving comfort until you know that the trauma no longer has a hold on you. And instead of the pain and instead of the distress, instead of the heavy weight, you will begin to feel in your heart comfortable. And that's when you know the trauma has been, been dealt with. You know, it's not easy to face trauma particularly trauma that's been immensely painful. The good news is you don't have to deal with this trauma on your own. You know, all it, it's, it's the Father who deals with the trauma. It's the Father, by pouring his comforting love into your heart, he is the one that deals with the trauma. All we have to do and this is painful enough. <laughs> All we have to do is come to him and say, Father, here's my heart. Here's my heart. You know the, the trauma I've experienced. You know the pain I'm carrying. Here's my heart, Father. Will you pour your comforting love into my heart? And I encourage you to let that process go on for as long as it needs to go on. Sometimes we're comforted in an instant. Sometimes we're comforted over a period of time. That's my experience. I mean, many of you know that my, my father died when I was young. And 20 years ago, um, you know, the pain of that was dealt with in my heart. It was dealt with in about 20 minutes. And I knew that it had gone. I knew the trauma had been dealt with. You know, a few years ago, I sat with, with, with another issue, which in one sense didn't seem as major as, as losing my dad. But I sat with that issue for two or three years, allowing the, the Father to comfort me. You see, it's not easy. But I encourage you to bring your heart and say, Father, here's my heart. And sit in that place, allowing yourself to be comforted until you know that the comfort, that, that until you know that the trauma is gone. You know, He knows the points of pain in your heart. And he longs to comfort you. You know, this might be a quick process. It might take years. But go on being comforted for you will be comforted. Psalm, sorry, not Psalm, Isaiah. Isaiah chapter 40 verses 1 and 2. Isaiah writes this, Comfort, comfort, my people, says your God. Speak tenderly to Jerusalem. Proclaim to her that her hard service has been completed that her sin has been paid for, that she has received from the Lord's hand double from all of her sin. See, it's the Father's heart to comfort his people. And when Isaiah says comfort, comfort, when he repeats that word, what he's really saying is, may you be greatly comforted. 
See, our Father wants to comfort us in all of our troubles. And the comfort we receive from the Father is is tender, it's gentle, and it's full of compassion. But this comfort that we receive, it transforms our broken hearts. Isaiah again in in chapter 51, he writes this, Isaiah 51 verse 3, The Lord comforts Zion. He comforts all her waste places. He makes her wilderness like Eden, her desert like the garden of the Lord. Joy and gladness will be found in her. Thanksgiving and the voice of song. See that? The desert, wilderness place of our heart is transformed into a beautiful garden. And instead of sadness and sorrow, there is joy and gladness. That's what the Father wants to do. And if you know that you're carrying trauma around in your heart, I just want to encourage you to bring that to the Father and say, here's my heart. Will you transform the barren wilderness, the broken places, into a beautiful garden? I believe he's doing that for some people right now. You know, even as you just read those verses and you've got an open heart to him, he's doing that for you. He's pouring his comforting love. He's pouring his transforming love in order to bring beauty out of the desert. Our heart will be transformed. We will become free. If we don't face the trauma that we've experienced we end up burying it we bury it in our heart very often we hope (laughs) that it goes away but it doesn't the only solution for the problem of trauma is comfort and my encouragement is that if you've buried something in your heart don't leave it there but bring it to the father and say father will you deal with the pain of this trauma Will you wash it away? Will you allow it to float on your comforting love and be washed away so that my heart might be free? In our country, in, in the United Kingdom over the last couple of weeks, our Queen has has died. And this has been a, a, um, a, a season of, of great sadness and, and mourning for many, many people in our country. It was quite a shock to us, I think. And it's just been incredible to watch the outpouring of grief, but also the way she's been honoured and respected and and loved by so many, many people. But uh, I was just reflecting on this the other day. You know, this it, it's almost, of course, not many people know the Queen. Very, very few people knew her personally, but we all feel we knew her. <laughs> um, and... You know, this is the first time in my lifetime I've experienced a season of national mourning. And I read something that the Archbishop of Canterbury said the other day, and I just want to share that with, with us t- today because I feel this this could be where many people are at. Is whenever we have this is what he said: whenever we have a season of collective grief. It very often brings our own personal trauma to the surface again. And that may be what's been happening for some of you. As you've watched the news, as you've seen um, the mourning and the grief and the queue, the great famous queue of people just coming quietly in a dignified way to pay their respects to her majesty you know but that all of that might just have brought something to the surface in your heart you know your own personal trauma that's been buried and the archbishop of canterbury was very wise he said don't let the collective grief um, be an excuse for you not dealing with your personal pain and your personal trauma he said allow it to come to the surface and you know if that's what you've been feeling over the last couple of weeks that your own personal trauma your own personal pain has come to the surface again just let the father pour his comfort into your heart allow yourself to mourn 
Mourning is very important. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 5 verse 4, Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. You see, we can lose our job, we can lose our possessions, we can lose our home, we can lose our income, our friends, our pets, our church, even the painful loss of a, of a loved one. There's going to be times of loss for, for all of us. You know, loss, loss often comes unannounced. We need to see loss as always being significant because it affects us deeply. And when we suffer loss, we need to be able to mourn that loss. You see, grief is the, grief is the barrage of emotions we feel when we've suffered a loss, when we've suffered trauma. You know, we're hit by anger, we're hit by um, uncertainty, we're hit by fear, we're hit by loneliness. You know, there's all these emotions that come upon us when we are suffering loss or, or walking through trauma. And all of those emotions are, are really real. And we mustn't pretend they're not happening. You know, they, they do happen and they are real. And they are part of the losing process. They're part of the, the trauma. So grief is that barrage of emotions. But mourning is the process of walking through those emotions. See, if we don't walk through those emotions, if we don't mourn, then our loss, our trauma, is going to stay in our hearts. And so we... Whatever loss we've experienced, we, we need to allow ourselves to mourn. It's, it's part of the natural grieving process. You know, I'm, I'm beginning to realise um, as I talk to people and as I travel around again, um, I'm beginning to realise how much we've lost through COVID. Um, you know, and I, I don't want us to sort of miss that. Because yeah, it was very easy to say that, oh, this is something that's happening to everybody. This is something we've got to get through. You know, th this is the price we have to pay for getting back to normal. But actually, in that whole process, um, you know, we've all suffered loss. You know, I was working in the first year of lockdown and, you know, the office had a very, very different environment to the previous 29 years. You know, we were keeping our distance. We weren't having clients in. We were... You know, when people brought stuff into the office, they had to leave it in recept at the bottom of the stairs and someone would pick it up. You know, it was all very, very different. We didn't we didn't have the people coming into the office. We couldn't go in to see our clients in the way that we were had been used to. We were trying to advise clients how to cope with the you know, staff working from home and you know, all of those restrictions. And for many people, they couldn't see families um at the beginning of lockdown, we had a new grandson born and we, we just managed to see him once before lockdown came in. And we didn't see him, didn't see the rest of the family for several months. You know, we couldn't all be together at, at Christmas. You know, it, it was lots and lots of different things that took their toll on us. And these are things that we've all lost. And I, I really do believe it's important for us to recognize that through the whole process of COVID, however horrible it's been, we've all lost something. We've all had that barrage of emotions day after day, month after month. And we need to allow ourselves to mourn. We need to say, what, what did I lose? See, we can look at the big losses in our life when we've lost a job or we've lost a loved one. But I, I want to encourage you just to look at the 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 smaller losses you've suffered through COVID and bring those to the Father and allow yourself to mourn, to let go, to walk through those emotions and to let it go because mourning is part of the grieving process. And you know, sometimes we, we mourn in private and that's, that's okay. Sometimes we, we mourn more publicly and that's okay. But mourning is the process of facing the loss that we've suffered and walking through it. And I believe it's a God-given gift that enables our heart 
to be healed. It enables our heart to be cleansed. It enables our heart to be free. You see, Isaiah said that, he said this prophetically of Jesus, but I believe he's, he's also prophetic for us. In Isaiah 61, the first few verses, the spirit of the sovereign Lord is on me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives and reliefs, release from the darkness for prisoners, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favour and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn and to provide for those who grieve in Zion, to bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes, the oil of joy instead of mourning and a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. You see, we need to be comforted for, for the losses that we have suffered. It's a very personal thing. We, I need to be comforted for the losses that I've experienced. But I also believe this passage is prophetic for us as a people that if we are comforted, if we become a comforted people, then we will be able to comfort other people who mourn. And we'll look at that a bit uh, next week. But I, I, I believe there are many, many people around us that we meet every day that have been through a season of loss, a time of losing things, and they're grieving. And we are a people who know the answer. They need to receive the same comfort that we've received. And so I want to encourage you firstly to walk through your own grief, to walk through your own loss, and then to be a prophetic person in a very real sense that can bring comfort to other people so that their broken hearts can be bound up, that those who are in captive can be set free, you know, that you can go and proclaim the year of the Lord's favour. See, the, and we'll, we'll look at this a bit more next week, but we receive comfort for, for our own trauma, for our own grief, but we can also give comfort to others. And there's many, many people around us who are suffering loss, who are grieving, and they need to be comforted. And I believe the Father finds a way for that to happen through us. And so, yes, we mourn, but we can help other people who mourn. Yes, we grieve, but we can help other people go through their grief. Mourning allows us to release what we've lost and be renewed. You know, I love the way the message puts it. That beatitude that we looked at a few moments ago, Matthew um, Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. The message says, you're blessed when you feel you've lost what is most dear to you. Only then can you be embraced by the one who is most dear to you. See, when we mourn, we allow ourselves to be embraced by the Father and held in perfect love. It's like, you know, in Isaiah 40 verse 11, it says that God comforts us like a shepherd you know he holds us close to his heart like a shepherd carries a lamb and when we are mourning when we're going through grief when we're going through loss when we're going through the pain of all of that the safest place for us to be is to be held in the everlasting arms of the father to be embraced in his arms of love that way we're comforted we're nurtured you know, we receive that tender mothering love that we so desperately need. Isaiah 66 verse 13 As a mother comforts her child, so will I comfort you. See, that's what the Father wants to do. He wants to take us in his arms, hold us in that close, intimate embrace and pour his comforting love into our hearts. See, as we become sensitive to our own heart, as we begin to discern the losses that we've experienced, we can allow ourselves to mourn. But also we can begin to be more sensitive to other people's hearts. And we can, be, we can bring to them 
the same comforting love that we've received. To do that we have to recognise that their loss is important to them. Maybe it wouldn't affect us significantly but it's affected them significantly. And one of the things we've not been very good at is being sensitive to other people's losses. Because it wouldn't bother us, it wouldn't be a big thing for us, but for them it's, it's huge. And we've not been sensitive, and we've not been sensitive because we haven't been comforted ourselves. And the more we are comforted, the more we will be able to give other people time and space to grieve their loss and to be able to receive the Father's comfort. We all mourn in different ways. It can take different lengths of time, but mourning is an important and necessary part of coming to terms with the loss we've experienced. And it's only as we mourn, only as we grieve, that our heart can be healed and restored. I want to pause there for this week and we'll carry on um, next week uh, looking at the Father of all comfort. But I'm just going to put some music on for a few moments and I just want to encourage you to bring your heart to the Father. Whatever trauma, whatever loss, whatever pain you're carrying, just bring it to him. Say, Father, here's my heart. Let his comfort, his comforting love go down underneath that weight of trauma. Let it begin to lift it up and float away. Those of you who have suffered loss, those of you who are living with loss, yes, there's going to be a barrage of emotions, but allow yourselves to mourn. Allow yourselves to walk through that loss. Allow yourself to be held in the everlasting arms of your Father, in, that, in the comfort of his embrace. So as a mother comforts her child, so will I comfort you and you will be comforted over Jerusalem. Let's just take a moment to be in his presence and let his love be poured into our hearts. just come to each one of us now Father would you just take us into that intimate loving embrace Father would you hold us close to your heart and Father will you comfort those who mourn Father would you comfort those who are living with loss that in the midst of all of the tangle of emotions, Father, you would come and comfort them. That they would know they are comforted. That they would experience your comforting, tender love. As a mother comforts a child, so will I comfort you. And you will be comforted over Jerusalem. Father, for those, those of us where that loss is very real, let your comforting love flow into our hearts. For those of us who've experienced trauma, whatever that trauma is, Father, help us not to even try to measure it on a scale, but just to recognise that we've experienced trauma. Father, would your comforting love come under that weight and begin to lift it up and float it away. That instead of carrying a weight, instead of carrying a pain around, instead of feeling that our heart is like a barren wilderness, 
Father, your comforting love will transform the barren places of our hearts and bring about a beautiful garden where there's joy and singing instead of sadness and sorrow. Father, just pour your comforting love into each one of us right now. You comfort the brokenhearted. You comfort those who mourn. You comfort us in all of our troubles. Father, help us to be sensitive to our own heart. Help us to be sensitive to the needs of our heart. Help us to be sensitive to the pain that we've buried. That you want to bring to the surface, not to expose it, but to deal with it and to set us free. Thank you, Father. Just pour your love into our hearts. Pour your love into our hearts. I just encourage you to go on being comforted maybe take time over the next few days just to come to the Father and say Father pour your comfort into my heart you know just bring your heart to him trust him with your heart and he will comfort you come and join us next week for part two the father of all comfort uh, I'll be back with Barry same time same place and look forward to seeing you all then thanks for joining me